Greetings and welcome. I'm Jane Barton, and this is Cardinal Musings, a podcast focused on the issues of paramount importance as we age, what I call cardinal concerns. So grab a cup of coffee, settle into your favorite chair. It's time to chat. Since this is the first episode of Cardinal Musings, I've spent considerable time pondering the topic of the day. Ultimately, as always happens, the obvious idea bubbled up one day last week as I was walking in my neighborhood. Although there are many cardinal concerns that I'm eager to explore, and will explore in future episodes, listening is of primary importance. So our first virtual kitchen table chat will focus on what I believe to be an essential human ability, listening. Listening is not only a skill, it's an art, an art that we never truly master. But the goal of learning how to listen well, to hear what is said as well as intuit what is not, is truly worthy of our time, attention, and energy. If our paths have crossed previously, you know that listening is near and dear to my heart. In fact, I describe myself as a speaker, writer, and listener. That description is on my business cards, website, bio, and marketing materials. It's funny, before launching my business in 2011, I conferred with a group of trusted colleagues and friends about the premise of my business. I called this group My Muses, an amazing advisory council that offered suggestions, ideas, critiques, and support as I prepared to take flight as Cardinal LLC. Initially, the tagline of my company read, Listener, Writer, Speaker. I thought that made more sense because that's always my process and approach to life. I listen, I reflect, I write, and then I speak. But my muses advise that from a marketing perspective, I needed to note speaker first. Now, I considered their wise counsel and finally agreed, although somewhat reluctantly. But since I just celebrated my 10-year anniversary in business, I guess they were right. Regardless of how I choose to order my various roles, when presenting a program, meeting new people, or interacting with folks online, people more often than not remark on my description as a listener. And when doing so... I sense their spirits soften, and our conversation then goes much deeper. There's something about the idea of listening that captures the heart and soul. Perhaps it's because listening initiates and reinforces what matters most in this life, relationships. By listening, we show we care, we're interested, we're willing to invest our time and attention in someone else. By listening, we indicate our desire to communicate in a heartfelt, compassionate way. Therefore, I'm a firm believer that listening is foundational for effective communication. And effective communication is essential if we are to go beyond superficial small talk. Listening is the key to connecting with each other in profoundly meaningful ways. Now, over the past two decades, I've presented numerous programs on the art of listening. Each time, I ask my audience if they feel seen and heard on a daily basis. Not surprisingly, most people respond with a resounding no. 
and they readily admit that they rarely take the time to truly listen to their family, friends, colleagues, or clients. Since multitasking has become a way of life for most of us these days, it's almost impossible to listen well. Add to that our 24-7 digital availability, and it's obvious that there are infinite distractions serving to derail the listening process. Considering our collective COVID experience of the past year, maybe one of the gifts to come out of this horrific moment in time is our renewed appreciation of listening. I sense so many of us are longing to share some time with a courageous, compassionate listener, someone who will bear witness to what we've endured over the past 12 months. After being separated for far too long, we have a myriad of experiences and emotions to process which usually entails the sharing of stories. So we have a lot to say, hence the need for willing and masterful listeners. A few weeks ago, a friend shared that when she occasionally goes to her office these days, she finds herself talking nonstop to her colleagues, socially distanced, of course. As she described her incessant chatter and desire to converse with another human being, I resonated with her longing to be heard. I've sorely missed gathering with people and chatting about life, that lovely, naturally occurring dance of hearing and being heard. Yes, listening is a cardinal concern. It's fascinating when I ask people what it feels like to be heard. There's usually an audible sigh prefacing their reflection. It just feels good to be heard, doesn't it? It means we matter enough to another person that they take the time to focus on what we're saying. There's just nothing better than sitting across the table from someone who is totally focused on what you're saying, except perhaps serving as a listener. Reflecting on my journey, I've always been a listener. It's who I am and what I do by nature, and by nurture. No big surprise since I was raised by the quintessential listener, my mom. Mom listened to my dad, my brother, and me. She listened to her friends, our neighbors, and anyone who crossed her path. The checker at the grocery store, the lady who worked at the dry cleaners, the mailman, the gentleman who delivered our milk, and all the kids that gathered in our home. My friends and my brother's friends loved hanging out with mom. She had the innate ability to make anyone and everyone feel welcome and special because she listened intently, truly interested and invested in the conversation. By so doing, she instilled in each and every one of us a stronger sense of self, a belief that we were worthy, worthy of recognition, worthy of success, worthy of respect. Consequently, more often than not, our home was the gathering place for young and old alike throughout my childhood. We gathered to be heard. We gathered to be seen. We gathered to be inspired by a woman who listened well. Looking back, I was blessed to grow up in such a caring and compassionate environment, an environment in which I felt seen and heard on a daily basis. So I'm obviously a product of that amazing childhood experience. I was weaned from an early age to be a listener as well. So how does one become a listener? Well, I'm sure there are various and sundry ways to acquire this posture in life. But for me, 
I learned the art of listening by observing my mom in action. Perhaps this is best explained by sharing a story. I was born and bred in a small town in West Texas, growing up in a stereotypic family of the 1950s and 60s. Mom, dad, two kids, a dog, a cat, and a station wagon. My dad was a professor at the local college, while my mom stayed home to raise my brother and me. She skillfully managed every aspect of our lives with grace, humor, compassion, courage, and love. As you may have already guessed, I absolutely adored my mom. We enjoyed a profoundly intimate and incredibly strong connection, a bond unlike any other I've experienced over the course of my lifetime. Thus, I savored sharing the ordinary and the extraordinary moments of life with her, and there were many. Some of my favorite memories of mom date back to when I was quite young, probably four to five years old. This was when my listening apprenticeship began in earnest. Every weekday morning after breakfast, my brother would walk to school, my dad would drive to work, and mom and I would head out the door to visit a neighbor. To this day, I have no idea how mom knew which neighbor needed her the most. But without fail, after knocking on a neighbor's door, we would be welcomed with open arms and invited in for a cup of tea and a visit. Before each visit, Mom reminded me on the short walk to a neighbor's home that I was to mind my manners. These were adult conversations, so I was to sit quietly. If addressed, I was to respond politely. If offered a cup of tea, I would accept and say thank you. Otherwise, I was expected to sit at the kitchen table and listen. These directives were always presented in a loving and caring manner, but Mom was firm nonetheless. She always made me feel welcome and wanted, but there were expectations that accompanied the invitations. From the age of four until my early 20s, I sat around many a kitchen table in our neighborhood. Mom and I listened to the joys and the sorrows, the triumphs and the tragedies, the hopes and the fears, and the silly and the sad tales of our neighbors. There were many tears, there was much laughter, and we drank a considerable amount of hot tea. But amazingly, Mom and I rarely said much. Instead, we listened. Early in my apprenticeship, I thought this rather odd since Mom said we were going to visit a neighbor. I thought visiting meant talking. But I learned fairly quickly that to visit requires a speaker and a listener. Additionally, after years of witnessing how my mom chose to listen, I realized that caring and courageous listeners were seemingly in short supply. In fact, I have yet to meet anyone who listens as my mom did. So it's no wonder that people were drawn to my mom like bees to spring flowers. She had an irresistible appeal for those needing to unburden their souls and process the twists and turns of life. My childhood kitchen table experiences also revealed some important insights into how to effectively listen to people. For example, more often than not, our neighbors didn't expect my mom to resolve their problems. They simply needed a compassionate sounding board. 
Someone who could listen, encourage reflection, and express concern, all the while resisting the temptation to fix the situation. Mom was masterful in this regard. She didn't profess to have the answer. Instead, she expressed an unwavering belief that the other person could and would rise to the occasion and successfully meet the challenge. Thus, she had the uncanny ability to help other people believe in themselves. What an amazing gift, a priceless dividend of knowing how to listen well. A second insight that continues to serve me well is that there are moments when listening is not for the faint of heart. Listening well requires tremendous courage when hearing about the heartbreaking losses and woes of other people. In those moments, the listener shares in the suffering of another, and that is a heavy burden to bear, to say the very least. Witnessing the suffering of another person and knowing at the same time you can't fix the situation, it's difficult to do. It can wear you down over time. I know that my mom had a heavy heart after listening to some of our neighbors, and yet she was always there when our friends and neighbors needed her the most. It was what she was called to do. It was who she was called to be. When mom was in her mid-40s, a heartbreaking diagnosis limited her availability to listen. Mom was diagnosed with terminal breast cancer, a diagnosis that dramatically changed all of our lives. Although she listened well until her final breath, there were times during her eight-and-a-half-year journey with cancer that she just didn't have the strength or stamina to visit with neighbors. It was then that I graduated from apprentice to practitioner. Mom encouraged me to carry on our tradition of visiting neighbors, and so I did. In the years that followed, I was honored and blessed to be welcomed at the table of many a neighbor. As I listened to their stories, I learned so much about the human spirit, the vagaries of life, the necessity of faith and hope when dealing with life-shattering loss, and what it means to be family and friends. Listening, I learned about life. Now, after Mom died in 1981, the next two decades were somewhat of a blur. Marriage, career, transfers, divorce, job changes. Lots of transitions that served to keep me busy and somewhat distracted. It wasn't until I was in my early 40s that I finally took a deep breath and started the hard work of reassessing and realigning my life. I confronted the questions that had been lingering in the recesses of my heart and soul. What am I called to do? Who am I called to be? After a lengthy discernment process while in seminary, I came to the somewhat obvious conclusion that I'm called to listen, just like my mom. And so I do. Today, as I contemplate coming back together with friends, colleagues, and community members, I find myself eager to listen to their stories. I'm always more comfortable listening than speaking. I know that sounds odd coming from a person who now serves as a national speaker, But as noted early on in our conversation today, before speaking, I must take the time to listen well and reflect on what I've heard. Only then can I find the words to articulate 
what I feel, see, and believe. So I'm eager to listen and to learn once again. And yet I also know that some of the stories will be hard to hear. Stories of personal loss, tales of tragedy and trauma, chronicles of countless challenges. This past year has been a colossal crisis for one and all, which means sharing our stories is vitally important. Telling our tales is how we come to terms with what happened. This is the power of narrative. It's in the telling that we put the pieces together and finally make sense of the situation. With every telling, we work our way toward understanding the big whys of life. And if you're like me, you've asked why numerous times over the past year. Why COVID? Why now? Why me? Why my loved ones? So because there is such a tremendous need for people to share their stories, I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to witness the struggles, to rejoice in the small victories, and to tease out the lessons to be learned from our collective experience. I'm ready to listen because so many people need a listener right now. And like my mom, I don't profess to have any answers for those struggling with the challenges and the losses of the past year but I'm primed and ready to be with those who need a caring and willing sounding board. So how about you? Will you answer the call to listen? Well, I hope you two are ready, willing, and able, because the need has never been greater. And I'm not alone in this belief, as evidenced by a newscast I saw late last night. It's funny, when I'm writing or creating a program, I almost always hear or see something that reinforces the message I'm crafting. Such was the case last night. After a long day of trying to stay ahead of the spring snowstorm in Denver, we received well over two feet of snow at our home, I was happy to fall into bed. As I was surfing the various channels, I happened upon a special news report that highlighted and honored the people who had died due to COVID and their bereaved families. The program was extraordinary in that it offered the space and time for people to share their losses and for all of us to grieve. At the end of every story shared by a family member, the host of the program asked, What do you need from other people right now? How can we help? One woman without hesitation said this, I need people who will listen to my story. Just listen. Don't start telling me about your losses. Don't try to fix mine. And please don't run away from my pain. Just listen to me. That's what I need and want right now. Such a powerful and honest response, one that resonates in my bones. Since we've all lost so much over the past year, I believe we all need and want someone to listen to our stories. We don't need commentary. We don't need comparisons. And we certainly don't need platitudes that only serve to gloss over our grief. What we need are courageous, compassionate listeners who are willing to witness our suffering. People who will listen attentively to our stories. Now in return, we can offer to do likewise. So let's commit to care for each other as we reemerge from the COVID crisis. 
Let's choose to listen with open minds, open hearts, and open arms. Today, we are all called to listen. I look forward to musing with you again in the very near future about other cardinal concerns. Till then, take good care and remember to enjoy the moment. Blessings to you and yours.